welcome back to this uh, Bible study and uh, this series we're going to be focusing upon uh, the, the passage in the book of 1st John chapter 4 between verses 1 and 6 but particularly on verse 4 which is greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world so without further ado if you'd like to pause this video and then go and get your Bibles or if you can get it up on your phone or get it from somewhere else and that's fine um, but let's read from the book of 1st John chapter 4 and verse 1 dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God doesn't listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for your word is truth. Your word is light, your word is life. And Lord, we want to thank you, Lord God, that Lord, that the entrance of your word brings light. And I pray, Lord God, that that would happen, Lord, as people listen to this, as people understand it, as it let, they let it sink into their spirits. Lord, we want to thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And Lord, I want to pray right now, Lord God, that you may guide the way, Lord, for each one of us as we study these scriptures. But Lord God, that you may open up our hearts and our spirits to receive all that you have in Jesus' name. And I pray for myself, Lord. I want to thank you for the many great and precious promises that you have made me. Lord, you promised a long time ago to use me as a conduit to flow through, to touch others. And Lord, you also said, Lord God, you promised that you would anoint my lips to enhance the kingdom of God. So Lord, do that, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, uh, we did kind of a prologue from the uh, book of Second Peter, chapter 1 and verses 1 to 11. With that in mind, uh, I'd like to take a little bit of time introducing the subject verse which we're going to be studying for the next few weeks. Which is, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. It's a small verse that is huge in scope and application and which deserves our full and undivided attention. You see, when we eventually get this verse, it will become the key to understanding everything we might feel has been lacking in our lives so that we will be able to live as effective members of the body of Christ as we represent him as ambassadors to the world by us living in the world. 
I want to let you know that we haven't got it sussed yet. I want to let you know that I haven't got it sussed yet. How do I know? Well, life has a habit of throwing things at you and throwing things at me constantly. And we're still dealing with them from a human standpoint and not from our position in Christ. If we truly understood what the Apostle John just said and asked God to apply it, well, I'm just saying, things get interesting. But first I feel that I must issue a warning. And I'm afraid I might be treading on a few toes by saying this. The Bible, this book, cannot be treated like a self-help book. And wherever you are in the world, the churches you belong to are not self-help groups. Of course, there are verses and passages in the Bible that can bring us comfort in our time of need. And our times of fellowship with each other are essential to build up the church. But that isn't the primary purpose of the Bible. The Bible is all about God and his plan of salvation for a lost and dying mankind. It's not about you. It's not about me. Or about finding a formula or method that works in order to improve ourselves. Because there's nothing in you that's worth improving. And I know for sure there's nothing in me that can be improved. To even try is like trying to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. At the end of the day, all you're doing is putting lipstick on a pig. No, the Bible is not a rule book for self-improvement. It is the living, breathing word of our Father in heaven, which has been embodied in Christ Jesus, his Son, and has been enlightened to us by the Holy Spirit. It's still all about Jesus. The Bible says these things about those who call Jesus Lord, and I'm assuming that's you and me. In Colossians verse chapter 3 and verse 3, Paul says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let me tell you, a dead person does not need self-improvement. And Colossians 1 and, and verse 27 says, It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So, buckle up and let's go on a journey together that's hopefully going to change and impact us in ways that's going to blow our minds and fill our spirits to overflowing. So that we cannot even contain him who has saved us and has set us free. Firstly, as I said a few moments ago, we need to understand that this verse is not about us. Having said that, we do play a minor role in the action. Our part is to get out of the way and let God be God. At the end of the day, all we are is the middleman in a cosmic and spiritual battle for the hearts and minds and souls of humanity. Yet what God does in us 
is the key to unlock victory for ourselves and for others. Let me repeat that. At the end of the day, all each of us are, all you are, all I am, is a middleman in a cosmic spiritual battle for the hearts and minds and souls of humanity. Yet what God does in us is the key to unlock victory for ourselves and for others. Let that sink in. I want you to notice that there are four points of focus in this verse. That's he with a capital H. That's God Almighty. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Holy Spirit. He with a capital H. Secondly, there is you. There is me. There is us. Thirdly, there is him or he with a small h. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And then fourthly, there is the world. Now today and maybe next time, I'll be looking at points three and points two. In him with a small h and you, me and us. Then hopefully for the rest of our study, we'll be focusing upon him with a big H and his effect on point four, the world through us. After all, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And this great God whom we serve is the one who deserves the lion's share of our focus. We are called to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the more we focus upon him, the more our lives are balanced and in perspective. And the less we'll worry about him with a small age and be more effectively used by God to touch the world and the people that are in it. Having said all that, let's have a brief look at him with a small age. So who is he with a small age? The Apostle John in this passage is speaking to the church about the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist that infects, infests and controls the individual spirits he is talking about in verse 1 when he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John here is not talking about the person we in the church call the Antichrist. We assume that that person we call Antichrist is the devil in human flesh. But nowhere in scripture is the person who is going to do Satan's bidding in the world known as the Antichrist. He has a myriad of other names, but the Antichrist is not one of them. Now, I'm sorry to disappoint you if you are waiting for the Antichrist to be revealed. Because you're going to be in for a long wait. We need to understand that the spirit of Antichrist is not going to be revealed because he already has been revealed. He is already here. 
In verse 3, John says that every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. They're here! And we are surrounded by them. When I say we, I am not necessarily talking about us in the church. I'm talking about humanity in general. Wherever you look in the world, you're going to find the spirit of Antichrist. That spirit is in the books we read, in the movies we watch, in the songs we listen to on the radio, in TV programmes, in newspapers, in government, on websites, in the military, in science, in the technology we use, in the people we trust to teach our kids, in the doctors and nurses we look to to heal us from our diseases. Every worldly philosophy has the spirit of Antichrist behind it. Every religion that denies Jesus has come in bodily form and is the only saviour has the spirit of Antichrist behind it. Even modern Judaism. There is nowhere on earth that remains untouched by the spirit of Antichrist and no person that cannot be misled by the insidious evil it spreads. Even people in the church. So, people, be careful where you get your information from. Be discerning and on the lookout for things said that are contrary to God's ways and contrary to what he says in his word. That's why John encourages us to test those spirits to see whether they are from God. It's one of the simplest tests we can ever do. Just one simple question. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ of Nazareth has come in the flesh? Do you believe that Jesus is the very God incarnate? If the answer is yes, then you know that the spirit behind the person you ask is from God. If the answer is no, then you know they have been deceived by the spirit of Antichrist. In 2 John 1 and verse 7 we read, I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Paul issues a similar warning to believers in the book of Colossians and chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 when he says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends upon human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. And the, the very first thing that John wrote in his gospel was about Jesus the Messiah coming in the flesh. We read in John chapter 1 and verse 14 that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So why do people deny that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh? 
Simple. If the Messiah wasn't born in the flesh, then he could not die for our sins or win victory over death by his resurrection. Jesus wasn't just an ordinary man, born in an ordinary way. No, everything about Jesus' birth was extraordinary. From the moment his mother agreed that God could use her body to fulfil his plans to save mankind, to his first cry in the stable in Bethlehem. From the time Jesus spent in the temple discussing the word of God with the teachers of the law at age 12, to the thrust of the spear that pierced his side while he was hanging on the cross. From his human body being anointed with burial spices and wrapped in grave clothes, to the stone being rolled in front of his tomb. From the stone being rolled away after his glorious resurrection to his glorious ascension, everything was about God fulfilling his word by becoming the word made flesh in order to save human beings who were lost in their sin. If you were the enemy of our souls, you too would want to deny anything of that ever happened. In 1 Corinthians and chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, we read that, No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Now, the irony of all that is that there were unclean spirits of the Antichrist who did acknowledge that Jesus had come in the flesh. In Mark chapter 1 and verses 23 and 24, we read that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then further on in Mark, in chapter 3 and verse 11, we read something quite remarkable. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. And then we read about the man in the Gadarenes, who cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. These spirits knew who Jesus was and acknowledged who he was. So, with that in mind, how come we have spirits of Antichrist going about denying Jesus came in the flesh when back in the day they were acknowledging him? Are they the same spirits? Or are they different? Or is the spirit of Antichrist just the sinful human spirit in every man, woman and child on the planet, susceptible to the wiles and misdirections and lies of the devil? I don't know. What I do know is that they're from the same kingdom. And that kingdom ain't the kingdom of God. What I do know is that they are liars and deceivers who want to lead mankind away from God and his salvation that is found in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you were part of a kingdom whose father figure was a liar 
that you'd want to take the focus away from the person who inflicted an eternal defeat upon you. And you'd be angry, very angry at yourself for missing the truth and at those people who know the truth, people like you and me who do acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Those spirits of Antichrist are angry at you. Very angry at you. Because you found them out. You remind them of their stupidity. You remind them of their future and the eternal pain they have to endure. You remind them that there was no one who was going to come and save them. That they are lost forever. No wonder they want to obscure the truth and lead us astray. No wonder why they hate Christians with every fibre of their foul-smelling and putrid spirits. For they know that a day is coming when the church eventually gets what God has done in us and for us. And that when that day comes, they're going to be in some big trouble. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And may God hasten the day when that becomes a reality in each and every one of us. Maranatha. Amen. Now if you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard today, then I pray that you hit the like button down below and also subscribe. And if possible, share. Because the more people that get to hear this message, then the more people are going to become alive to the message that greater is he that is in them than he that's in the world. Thank you. God bless you. May the peace of God reign within your hearts and souls. In Jesus' name. Amen.